Scott Pioli will be joining us here shortly. We're live in Indianapolis at the Combine. It's all brought to you by our local Chicagoland Toyota dealers. Toyota, let's go places. We loaded up the brand new Toyota Sequoia. Waddle, you got to look yesterday. It's enormous. Yeah, first of all, and 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 luxurious, luxurious. and smooth roomy. rider. Yeah, and um, we got down here yesterday at about ten thirty local time in Indianapolis, and um, and it's been great. Well, and uh, our time here was kicked off quite well today, as you just relayed to all the people listening. Your first experience. Uh, meeting Caleb Williams, yeah, which I, I thought was very interesting. Again, like I tried to book him for the show. Um, that's what it's all going to be about. He's going. Uh, uh, he he arrived yesterday. He was supposed to meet with the Bears yesterday, um, uh, and and have the meeting one on one, and then he's going to meet the media formally tomorrow. And and I was talking to somebody, and it, tomorrow. It's going to be Drake May. It's going to be Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels. It's going to be packed in the room that we're in. So we're yeah. in the Indianapolis Convention Center right now, which is just a stone's throw from Lucas Oil Field. It's like attached, basically. You got to have a good arm to get a stone from here to there. But yes, it's fairly close. And um, so, like everybody, you know, walks up and down through these halls into Lucas Oil Field, at least like the NFL personnel. And then, so we're on one side here of this massive room that is Radio Row. And on the other side of this big blue curtain is where all the stages are. And there's like these individual stages where multiple people go up on stage and um, those are the prospects. Those are all the players who could be drafted and they get interviewed at the time of the interview. Yeah. It's so. an opportunity to kind of ask your questions. I, I would think they'll do them individually tomorrow based on the quarterbacks versus other positions, but we'll see how it happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's bring in Scott Pioli right now. He joins us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. Um, he had many, many great years in a Super Bowl champion, multiple-time Super Bowl champion with the New England Patriots. The former general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs does work now uh, for the NFL Network for Sirius XM. Uh, he's joined us in the past. He was the man who hired Ryan Poles with the Kansas City Chiefs. And like I said, I think he's the star of this dynasty um, documentary I agree. on Apple TV. And it wow, is absolutely yeah. awesome. Uh, Scott Pioli <laughs> making time for Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Scott, how are you feeling today? Good, but gosh, you guys got to manage expectations a little bit. Make <laughs> it sound a lot better than it is, man. I appreciate it. No, no I, I love I, being with you guys, really, especially this time of year. So thanks for having me. Before we get into it, um, all the years that you, as a personnel guy, coming down to the Combine, do you have one memory or, or one huh. interview or workout, something that stands out most? Oh, my God. I, I probably have one of each, uh, you know, uh, whether it's a workout, an interview, an interaction, a a scene, so to speak. I still go back to when I first started going to the combine, my first year going there was 1991. This is the first year I haven't been there since 1991. Wow. 
And back in that day, the, the place where we had to do all the interviews, um, it was the wild, wild west. And there were not set times for who got to interview which players and when. And if you got a hold of someone, you could hold them hostage, you know, for as long as you want. And if you were with, you know, the, I was with the Browns and we wanted to make sure the Bengals or Steelers didn't get a guy, we just held them extra and slid them out the back door to a team that, that you know, that wasn't one of those teams. And the scouts that would bring the players, it would get a little tense. And one day, I will not name the two scouts that got into an argument, started a shoving match. The next thing you know, they started brawling and they fell into the pool. You know, there's that giant pool inside. The fight spilled into the pool. It was like. It was like something out of a movie or a sitcom, and it, it, it was, they have since put a fence around the pool. They've also, you know, given each team fifteen minutes. I mean, some of the stuff that used to go on back in the day was absolutely wild. Scott, is it still a beneficial event for all of these teams? I know pro days are more important probably than 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 the actual combine, but you could still get a lot out of being here as an NFL franchise, correct? Oh, without a doubt, and I think one of the most important things is. All 32 teams send their entire, the most important medical people and the trainers. And it's one spot. This way, some poor young prospect doesn't have to go to 32 different teams, get poked, prodded, x-rayed. You know, if they had to do that for all 32 teams, they'd be glowing in the dark by the time the, the draft came around. And what you, what you get is this ability to see the players in person with your doctors and everyone gets a full medical on the player. And, you know, again, rather than a player having to go all over the country, it, it's all right there. And there's so many other things. There's some things have become a little bit more made for TV. Some things are antiquated. Some things change. But there's absolute value in what, you're, you, know, what you can get done there. And then when you mention the pro days, there's other things you can get from the pro days that have value there. It's like any experience. I think as long as you look at it and see what you can get out of it and what is good, then you'll get something out of it. Scott, how has the game changed? I don't mean just on the field, but I mean the evaluation process, how you deal with these players, because these players basically are different coming out of college than they have been previously. They can shop their services year by year over the course of the last couple of seasons. Uh, You know, a lot's changed and, and we, too often we want to pin it on the players and, you know, look how entitled this guy is. Look what he's doing here. But here's the reality. The systems that exist now were created by the adults. The adults have let this happen. So every time that we complain with the, uh, of the behavior, I don't say we, me, that people complain about the behavior of players, players are acting behaving the way that the systems and the rules and the processes have allowed them to act and behave. And there's a lot of things that are different. Some are better. Some are a little bit more difficult. But the, the bottom line is the game has changed, right? The, the business of the game has, cha- has changed. And, 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 Tom, you were in it. I, and I remember, you know, when I first started in this in 92, there was a saying back then that still holds true where a lot of people love the game, but they hate the business. Mm-hmm. But this is a multi-billion-dollar business. And when we have people that are complaining, scouts and coaches complain about a player who's not going to throw at the combine, well, maybe that player is making a business decision. And, you know, I've learned – I used to bristle a little bit when players – when I had the old-school mentality of thinking. And the the players have changed. 
the rules of engagement have changed. The finances have changed. So it, it's you could sit there and wring your hands and complain about it or do business as business is being done. Scott, I've quoted you a couple of times here in the last week after Uh-oh. watching. Yeah, <laughs> all I, good. It's all no, good. No, Scott. and like again, like I, I, I can't tell you how great that documentary is. And again, like some of the, and like I, I, I covered those early Super Bowls when you guys won as mm. a, a young reporter, and and like now getting the access that, of course, we never got, especially from <laughs> from your team. Um, but when you said during the Bledsoe-Brady decision, when Bledsoe got healthy enough to play and, and Brady was playing, but yet he wasn't the Tom Brady that we knew, you said the quote that we had to get that decision right or we were basically going to get fired. And, mm-hmm. and it just it, – to me, I don't know about the firing part, but it just rings true about this Bears decision about – whether it's Justin, whether it's Caleb Williams, whether it's trading down. We've never had that true franchise quarterback, and that's all I care about right now. I don't care who it is, but Ryan's just got to get it right, correct? Everyone has to get it right. It's Ryan, all the people that are helping him, but but that's the way this, this league is. Generally, when you get the quarterback right, your job is safe. If you don't get the quarterback right, you know, there's multiple people that generally, you know, ha- have job insecurity, but that's the league, you know, and there's there's certain play- teams that get quarterbacks that are really good quarterbacks and they can stick around for a while. But it's it is a, you know, it's a quarterback driven league and a head coaching driven league. Those are the two decisions that you've got to get most right as a general manager and or as a leadership team, because even if it's the head coach who has the the overseeing or overarching authority, he's got to get his partner right. So you've got to get the two top leadership, you know, people right and the quarterback. But the quarterback is absolutely critical. Scott, how do you read this decision? Like if you were putting yourself in position that – that Ryan finds himself in. You've got a quarterback that's been in your system for three years. You've seen some good, but it's not been good enough consistently to, by some people's evaluation. You have the first overall selection in what is supposed to be a quarterback-rich draft. How do you nav- navigate this situation to Ryan Poles? Well, I tell you what, I've told Poles, man, he, he is sitting in a chair that is, some people may see it as hot, but man, what, it's a great opportunity. And I think right now the Bears have a tremendous opportunity because there's so many different directions that they can go. And the thing is, they st- they have time, right? And I was talking about this during the season. They have time. They don't have to make a decision today or tomorrow. They can let this thing ride out because with the picks that they have, they have currency. They've also got additional currency in a quarterback that we don't know exactly what they think internally. We don't know, you know, for, for the things that, Justin Fields has not done, they know the why much better than we do. So they know whether or not he can, meaning Justin Fields, if those things can be improved or if they can't be, or if it's going to be better to move on. But you're sitting here in a position where you're number one, and if you like that quarterback, meaning Justin Fields, you can stick and you can get you know, a, a treasure trove of picks to move back. 
or maybe they see a quarterback that they like more than Justin Fields. They can pick up currency by moving on from Fields, or they can keep Fields. Because remember this, they've got a ton of cap room, and Justin Fields only costs $6 million this year. Next year, that 50-year option that they have to make by May 2nd, he's only going to be about $25 million-ish based on what the projections are. So what you're talking about is you have a quarterback still under a rookie contract, and over the next two years is going to cost you an average of about $16 million a year. So they can, Justin can be their starter. Justin can be their backup. Justin can be traded for picks. They may want to stay at number one and take a quarterback that they think is the best, or they may see a quarterback that they like that they can move back one spot or two spots and continue to collect picks. I just think that the Bears are in an incredible situation to, to really set themselves up for the future. Because remember, if they continue to collect picks, we all blow draft picks. It's, it, it's, part, of, it's part of the deal. Mm-hmm. And the more picks you have... That means you have more swings at the plate. You have more opportunities to get right. But the other thing is they will have a very cost-effective roster with more younger players that they can develop. If you're drafting a quarterback at the top, who do you like most? Mm, You know, here's it's unfair to make a complete statement because I haven't studied some of them completely. Um, So there's one player that I absolutely love is Jaden Daniels. And I've spent not only time evaluating him, I've spent time with him. I do consulting work with multiple college football programs, and I've spent time in LSU. I've not only gotten to see the player he is on tape, I've gotten to see him in person. I've spent time with him privately to see some of his overall makeup and not only his work ethic, but his work habits. This is a guy that's in the office three to four days a week at 5.15 in the morning doing virtual reality training. And, and I remember being skeptical and say, okay, Jaden, you know, I was in there early one morning. So what do you, what have you gained from this? And his eyes lit up. He goes, you know what? Last week we were getting ready to pay, play Mississippi state. He said, I've never played at Mississippi state. He said, but by the end of that first day or the first hour of my virtual reality work, I had already been in that stadium because I knew exactly where the play clocks were. I knew where the clock, I knew everything about that stadium that I had to know. And he was doing that at five fifteen and five thirty in the morning guys. And I, I talk about him because I know him. Some of the other players, I just don't know them well enough. And, and I think what happens too often is people who are quote unquote evaluators in the media like myself now who haven't seen or have just seen highlights and haven't seen enough to really break down a player they don't really know what they're saying so there's a number of quarterbacks where you know the may kid i don't know him well enough so it's um i know that i've seen justin fields and i like justin fields well, that's where I was going to go, Scott. Uh, if in fact, the, the I mean, not just, just I, mean, I said Justin Fields. I'm looking at my at my Jaden Daniels. I know Jaden Daniels, yeah. and I love Jaden Daniels. Yeah, and okay, I don't just I, like Justin Fields. Right. I was just going to ask you though about Justin. If in fact the Bears do decide to pivot and go in a different direction, how desirable do you believe Justin is to the rest of the league? There, it only takes one team. Mm-hmm. It only you know it only and that that's thing. It doesn't matter how the rest. It doesn't matter how 31 other teams think. It only matters how one team thinks, one head coach thinks, one head coach who maybe, you know, thinks 
and knows a player and that they can do more with him than has been done. Or maybe they think that, you know, they're on the hot seat, so to speak, and they've got to get someone better than what they have right now. Because let's face it, Justin is a supreme talent. He's a good guy. He's the kind of person you want around your program. And it only takes one person to make a deal. Scott, before we let you go, I I referenced the Apple documentary. We covered really closely The Last Dance because of how Chicago-centric it was. It was during COVID. Mm. We had all these eyes, and, and obviously there's been a lot of hurt feelings over it. You going back in time and watching this, were you happy at least with the first four episodes and the way they've turned out? You know, oh, it's a really that's a really tough question um, because I, I'm I go to the last episode, reliving the the Spygate thing isn't a fun thing. Go reliving the eighteen and one and the emotions of losing that Super Bowl. I, I can't say I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, um, do you think it was it, fairly represented? Which part of it? Both of them, both All the spike yeah. and and the the eighteen and one season and well, well, the eighteen and one season, yes, yes and no. I I think what I thought about the eighteen and one season is that maybe wasn't represented because it, you know they can't get everything right. right. I, I think they've done a really good job. They can't get everything, but the one thing that I do remember about the eighteen and one season was going into that game. As much energy as I saw the players displaying in the interviews and talking retrospectively about that, I remember the team being tired, you know, having to win every single weekend. And I've seen it with other teams that go on streaks like that. It becomes tiring. And I felt we were a little bit of a tired football team when we lined up in that Super Bowl. Um, even though, we, you know, we had the two weeks, uh, you know, so I, but that's not anyone falsely representing anything. I think it's, you know, it feels a little bit different right now. There's, there's some things that I don't know if I'm totally comfortable with. Um, but again, you can't get everything the way, the way that you that 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 people want it. Right. If that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, no, totally. But overall, I think you know, I think they're doing a terrific job. I think there's a lot of really cool things in there. Like I didn't even remember that we had a camera in the draft room in the 2000 draft in that scene when they're showing us you making the pick. And um, I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. There was a camera in there for a little while. And um, there's been some other really cool things like all this stuff that David Nugent had, you know, uh, of him and Tom Brady and him talking about the end zone motel, which my God, what a flea bag hotel that was <laughs> that we put our players in at that point in time. My God, we, and, I, and he said in there, like, it, yeah, we're an NFL team, and we got guys staying the end zone motel, not hotel. Yeah, the hotel they put us in when my rookie year in '89, the Hotel Moraine closed down like sure. 10, 15 years later. So, like, I, I think it's kind of symbolic around the yeah. league. That's yeah. the way it was. Yeah. 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 But I'll say, when you were with BC, if you happen to go down to Foxborough, I guarantee you weren't going to stay in the end zone or the no, Red Fox no, Motel. No, I no, guarantee no, you that. Yeah. <laughs> we played at the old Sullivan Stadium. Like, I mean, I, I don't, th- I don't even remember where we stayed, but it wasn't a high, high, high class joint. That's for sure. <laughs> Scott, we always uh, love talking to you. Uh, you're incredibly knowledgeable, and we, we really appreciate it. Thanks so yes, much. Thanks for your time, Scott. Thank you for having me. Take care.
You got it. There's uh, Scott Pioli. We we do love. He's, oh, he's re- and he's really really good on that documentary. I agree with you. He's the man who hired Ryan Poles when he was the general manager of the Kansas City Chiefs, and um, and and he still talks to him now. And uh, I, I I think it's it's interesting. It just it's it's it stuck with me when he said, like right. again, you got to get it right. Like you've got this decision. Drew Brees is your $100 million quarterback. He's Bledsoe. your French uh, Drew Bledsoe, yeah. sorry. Bledsoe's your $100 million quarterback. You know, he's he's your franchise. And and here's Brady, the 199th overall pick. And they were faced with that decision. And he's like whatever the decision was, it didn't matter unless they got it right. I think that's been our perspective as well. Yeah. Prior to even seeing the documentary, it's been kind of our battle cry for the last several months. Whatever you do, get it right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that's what it is. It's it's Team Bears. Yeah. It's Team Bears here. So. Not so much on Twitter right now. It's getting, It's not as bad as I thought it would be after I, the picture. I think, again, it's, I Williams, still but. think it's the, it's the vocal. And, like, how many of those people, if they saw anybody – well, they famous would they would they do I would, would they not do a selfie? I would think so. Yeah, I would have joined you, but I had to go to the men's room badly. <laughs> I don't think you would have done the selfie. Probably not, but I would have stayed around. Yeah, but I had to go. Tyler was getting antsy too. What's your he ruling, was like, Tyler? He was like, uh, "Where are you guys at?" What's you what? would have done a selfie, wouldn't you? Oh, uh, probably. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I was trying to do video. I know. Uh, Danny wanted something out of that, and mm-hmm. I agree. Like I was trying to get like some audio to play. I think you're the for first. The show. I think you're the first media person that took a picture of him here in in Indy. Whatever that's worth. Yeah, it's not worth anything. Uh, it's, it, you it, know, it, you were, It's a first. But, yeah, you know, and I got a I got a funny story out of it, yeah. Carl. Yeah, it's the Carl story. That'll be great when he joins you guys for the first time. If he is the pick of the Bears, sure. That's going to be like. Hopefully he remembers the story too. I think that but. that's what will differentiate. I'm the I'm the idiot who went up to whoever he was with and say, "Hey, Carl." But I think the one thing that I gleaned from this experience that I didn't witness is he could have made it even yes. more uncomfortable for you. But for a 22 year old kid, he handled it like a professional. Not only did you not come up to me first. You went up to who you thought was my dad, but it's not my dad, and you called him Carl, and you didn't know. So yeah. you know what? Go pound sand, as you would say. Right. But he didn't do that. You know, Try to make you feel better. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> He's 22 or whatever he is, you know? Um, so that was the, the – I'll retell the story a little bit later in the shark uh, show. Courtney Cronin is going to join us next. Andrew Siciliano from the NFL Network a little bit later. So a lot of fun going on at the Combine. If you want to weigh in, 312-332-3776. It's Waddle and Sylvie. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Waddle and Sylvie are back. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago. Yes, Waddle and Sylvie live at the Indianapolis Combine, brought to you by Toyota. It's been an eventful trip so far, and it's just begun. Our guy just came out of the men's room right now. You okay? Yeah, I had to go to the bathroom. I'm just asking. I I did have to do what you did earlier. I ran. I had to run. And I noticed yeah. my eyes were super. Are, well, you were scene, crying. Notice how re- red my you, eyes are. You were crying. And so I, like I got my eye drops out, and I was going to put some eye drops in, and then Tyler's like, 
we're back, we're back, we're coming back. Well, I think it's because you were crying. Because <laughs> I was so happy? Well, no, because like you, you misidentified Caleb's father. Yeah, yeah. And it broke we gotta, your heart. we got to get Courtney. Courtney's a journalist, journalist, well, I told so her she's probably going to poo-poo yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Courtney Cronin uh, joins us right now uh, here at the Combine, at the convention center. And uh, first of all, how's it gone for you here? It's been good. It's just exhausting. I think I... Shouldn't, I shouldn't publicly disclose what time I like went to bed last night. Well, but well, come just, on, what time? It's like four thirty in the morning. What? It's just four thirty. It was my one late night, and those prime like you you did this when you were covering. I the did NFL. not four thirty. Because There's nothing open at 4.30. Prime is. You know they blow through like their liquor license and curfew every year because teams are like, stay open. We'll pay whatever it is. And I'm just really tired right now. And it wasn't even – I have no hangover. Like I'm not – I'm just tired. It's just like straight-up fatigue. I don't – I haven't been drinking much this week. I mean, most of us – Wait, wait, you, time out. You stayed up until 4.30 without, without drinking? You, the key is drinking water. That's how you survive the combine. That's one of my like tips to young journalists. Like don't come in here thinking this is a frat party for you. It's a frat party. <laughs> For the coaches who get out once a year and then like from their caged animal behavior and then they just go feral in the streets of Indianapolis. Um, No, I mean, it's just exhausting when you get kind of trapped in like a place like Prime. There's a million people and you want to try to bump into, you know, see which coaches, general managers you can you can, you know, maybe get a glimpse of and and chat with. It's it's good. But no, we had a great time last night. I've gone to St. Elmo's three nights in a row. I think tonight marks number four. Wow. You got to get something new on the menu every time, otherwise you will leave with the meat sweats. <laughs> is it is it all that it's cracked up to be? Have you never been? I've, I've never, never been. been no. Neither of no. you. Have you been? No. Okay. Well, your mind Ma- is about to voyage be, for us tonight. Your mind is going to be blown. We're Even the Chicago Cup guys. I mean, like. It's different. I mean, it's just, it's so different from any of the steakhouses that I like to go to in Chicago because of the shrimp cocktail starter and then. With your steak, if that's what you're going with, really any entree, you get either navy bean soup, tomato juice, or lobster bisque. Really? It's a weird combination, yes, but it's on. good. It's really good. And just the. I'm thinking navy It's so bean. classic. I'm it's good. Navy bean. It's good. Yeah. It's, it's, isn't, the, isn't there a Seinfeld episode when she sings navy bean soup? Am I sing, uh, thinking of the wrong soup? I don't. Know. I love my navy. I think that the uh, misidentifying Caleb Williams' father is throwing yeah. you off. <laughs> Probably just a little bit. What, so, how do you rule on the on on the story? So, I was stalking Caleb. I wanted to at least network, mm-hmm. meet the father, meet Caleb, at the very least. You know, just to introduce myself and who they were. At the very best, get him on the show today. Um, uh, again, like middle ground record something on my phone mm-hmm. so when those were turned down um i introduced myself and then i i took a selfie as a souvenir with caleb with caleb how did he handle and, and, that and it, fantastic could not have been could not have been better and said that we would do something in the future mission accomplished you got good background so check he on know him. so he thinks he's going to chicago is what you sure your takeaway is from that well at least that's the way he played it i mean he he, he seems to know how to play the game mm-hmm. Um, but could not have been friendlier. Again, it was a brief, not like it was two, three minutes. It wasn't like a ten-second interaction. Yeah, it was. It was a few minutes. Um, At any point, did he refer to you as a fanboy? Yes, he did. Yes, okay. he did. 
No. <laughs> I guess that would have been the only red flag. I, so you thought this guy was his dad. Did you pull up a picture of his dad on your phone first? So I was, I, I'm blaming Weederer for this. Okay. And he even said that blame me for this one. But we were all standing around. Yeah. And so he, it was a man who was, who was wearing all USC garb okay. and, and was, was like with him. So I thought it was an older gentleman, so we thought it was him. With the benefit of hindsight, my thought process now is, is dressed head to toe in USC garb, it would be more fan than father. Right? But he was with him, so he's yeah. part of the team, right. the entourage yeah. around him. Yeah. It, I guess it's a safe assumption. Um, I probably would have died from awkwardness yes, had it been right. me. Me too. I think I would have just I like, died on the inside. But you handled it like a pro. You got your selfie. You got him to talk to you about doing a future interview. So right. overall, I give the interaction and the story a B plus. And I convinced him to put the picture on Twitter, and then I responded to it with a dreamy thing. Because I so was we going to put it in the pocket. I was not, I was not going no, to I tweet said, it out. No, I said, let's break Bear's Twitter. I mean, I think you kind of have to, yeah. especially yeah. after that interaction. Yeah. And so, you know, like... People have flocked. Not as big a group that I as I. Like, you know how it is. Yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's he's been the talk the whole week. Yeah. I know that there's a, a slew of other prospects talking tomorrow from you know all the other quarterbacks with Jaden Daniels going first, Drake May, Bo Nix, JJ McCarthy, like so on and so forth, and then all the wide receivers. But Caleb Williams has ju- just got here yesterday did his formal interview with the Bears and other teams, and he has dominated the topic of conversation this week, and I think even, you know, past tomorrow. Like, it will be all Caleb Williams. Like, have, have, have you changed kind of your perspective on anything since you've gotten here? Have, you, have what you thought's going to happen been confirmed? Do you think something different's going to happen? How do you feel? Most, I mean, I, most people I talk to seem to think that it's within the next, you know, 72 to 72 hours to four or five days out from now. I'm, I would be surprised if by this time next week we don't know. I really would because it follows the timeline that Ryan Pohl set forth of if you're going to do right by Justin, the goal is before free agency. Well, the goal is really before March 11th when the, when the legal tampering window opens. And if you can get the bones of it, the structure done this week, and then you can start finessing and maybe playing some offers off of each other, similar to the groundwork that was laid for the Carolina trade last year. This is the place to do it. Then you get to regroup, reconvene, go through all of the information you learned this week, and be convicted in making a, a concrete decision that you stick with whatever point that is I think, next week. I, I think sooner rather than later works for everybody. I, yeah. I call it a win-win-win. It works for the Bears. It works for the team that would be acquiring Justin so they can get him integrated into what they're doing. And it would be best for Justin if, in fact, this is going to be a change that takes place, you know, as Ryan Pohl said, doing him a solid and letting him get on with that sooner rather than later. And I don't think that you make the comments of entertaining the trade idea, it, just, like to dangle that out there only to bring him back to be your franchise, yeah. franchise guy. It just, I know we've seen that before, but it's pretty clear to me that that's the direction that they're leaning in right now. Based, I mean, unless it's the greatest smokescreen of all time, which, you know, everybody here that you will talk to in Indianapolis will believes that they are trading Justin Fields, that they are going to get Caleb Williams, that it's not even up for debate like what the other options could be. And I would be very surprised if I walk away feeling any different when I leave here. So if, if they do, when they do, then trade Justin. 
do you think they'll do a deeper dive on the quarterbacks, or do you think it is Caleb or bust? The, in talking to scouts this week, the gap between where it's like Caleb at the top, and then you know there's a more a, a less significant gap between Drake May and Jaden Daniels, but like to get there first there is a considerable gap in how they are viewing these prospects and the ceiling, what you saw in, in, in college versus how that game is going to translate to the NFL. Do I think that if they trade Justin that they would open it up to all quarterbacks that are available? I don't, I don't think so. I think it's Caleb or probably not. Like, you know what I mean? And if it's, it's obviously going to be that if they trade Justin Fields, but it, I just don't get that vibe yet. And it's hard to tell until you hear from the prospects about their meetings with the Chicago Bears and we'll hear about the formal interviews, who did what, all of that. But this is now, as you move into the pro day p- portion of the offseason, like that's when the draft order could change. And when you see in these mock drafts, like different simulations where, but what did Mel Kuyper have today? Malik Neighbors going to the yes. Bears at nine? I thought he yeah. was supposed to be gone by six. Like, right. It's that new information gathering that leads you down the path of like what the draft order, how it might change. But I don't think it will change at the with, top. with that said, I was going to ask you, you know, uh, oh, by the way, the Bears have the ninth overall selection as mm-hmm. well. How do you see that unfolding for them? If, in fact, one of these receivers is still there, and it won't be Marvin Harrison Jr., I feel pretty yeah. confident about that. Do you think they go wide receiver at nine? Or if both guys are gone, do you think they entertain maybe moving back? Or do they use that pick on somebody as an offensive? How do you think it, it unfolds? If one of those receivers is there, that's the smartest play you can make to set your young quarterback up for success. I mean, unless you're going to go trade for Justin Jefferson, which they're not going to do. Right. The other option would be if the, if Atlanta doesn't take a defensive end at eight, and you have your pick of the lit, of the litter, whether it's Jared Verse, Dallas Turner, maybe you go that route. But we'll know in free agency if right. they've addressed that. So that'll be another box you can either check or check off. You can't go wrong trading back though if you if you feel like you're reaching. And we know that Poles has done this before where he's been able to recoup more draft capital, and that might be the sweet spot to get a second-round pick. It, you know, an additional second-round pick, potentially. Like, who knows what a, a Justin Fields trade will, like, actually net. But that would be one way to close, you know, one the gap between 1-9 and then, what is it, 78? 78. I think so. So yeah. that's a lot. What, what, what are you hearing about free agency? I mean, could they go and spend on a, on a big player? Or are they going to dabble here and there? I think they're going to be big spenders. I think they should be. This is a team that doesn't need to go the route it did the first two years of this rebuild, where it was short-term, one-year, two-year veteran minimum deal contracts. Like We started to see them break that trend last year when they did the Tremaine Edmonds deal, when they, you know, obviously the trade for DJ Moore, or with, for the number one overall pick, netted them DJ Moore, but then with Montez Sweat, like they're they're okay doing big term contracts and these extensions. Now you gotta be big players at the next step of that, once you have gotten through just like being able to field a team more or less what they did in twenty two and then getting closer to getting away from that last year. Now you go after players who are in the age range that you want that you can envision being here for four or five years and going to spend big to do that when you have the resources. Like all these teams have 20 extra million dollars, more or less, in salary cap space because of the numbers that came out last week. And I would be shocked if the Bears 
on that Monday, when we start hearing these deals, 11 a.m. Central Time, start to come together, that they are not a team that is you know, making a lot of news with some of these big moves. I think we all agree that Jalen Johnson's going nowhere. Uh, he'll be yeah. a bear next year. Do you believe that they'll get a deal done with him, or do you think ultimately this will be a guy playing on the franchise tag? You know, we're, what, four to three days removed from when Ryan Poles made those comments when he talked about the structures of the cash flow up front, the guarantees. Like, they, he felt it was a really strong deal and that this is something that's going to be to the benefit of the cornerback where he'll get to hit free agency again around, like, hell, you'll have one more go, whether you're, like, 29, if it's a four- or five-year deal. If those things are all true, then the ball's now in Jalen Johnson's court, and we don't know what the holdup is because it sounded like the Bears were confident in getting that long-term deal done, that that's the path they want to go. Franchise tag is the, the, you know, the last resort sort of option. But the longer this thing drags on, if it's next week, you know, March 5th is the, end of the, is the deadline to apply the franchise tag. If you don't, then he hits free agency, which obviously they're not going to let happen. So I'd say if something doesn't get done by this weekend, then it's if it's going into the 11th hour, it's because of the way that it's structured, and it's probably that the cornerback is not happy yeah. with what the numbers are. So hopefully it doesn't get to that point, but very clearly that is priority. Outside of like everything that they're learning here and the quarterbacks and getting Justin Fields traded should they go that route, getting Jalen Johnson signed. I didn't sense any sort of stress from Ryan Poles about not being able to do that, but that's it's very clearly priority number one outside that, of that. That would just be a placeholder, though, right? They they would just put a franchise with with the intention of still getting a long-term deal done. You can until July, but I mean, like the... You could also get a long-term deal done now before the tag. I don't think they want to use the tag. I mean, not that they have anybody else that they need to save it for. And they're not a franchise that uses it all that much, but... It's that if they have to go that path, they have until I believe it's like July fifteenth to work out a long term deal, so he doesn't have to play on the one year tag. Do, what what type of uh, do you think that there's anything shocking that will occur as free agency begins? Is there something out there that you kind of got your eye on? And it, does Kirk Cousins not go back to Minnesota? Does he go somewhere else? That would be the interesting, like the one that would really pique my interest. And. You know, in hearing what Kevin O'Connell said yesterday about in, in Quasi Adolfo Mensa, like they want, I think Justin Jefferson's the biggest part of that. Like, when does that deal get done? Is it affected by what they're going to do at quarterback? And what is, is Kirk really going to get one more of these three year, like nearly all fully guaranteed contracts? Does He's he blessed. Have- yeah, he can break them over the coals if he wants to again. And he's got them between a rock and a hard place. He really does. And I don't see them moving up from 11 to get one of the top guys because they're not a team that mortgages their future. Even Who do you think would be interested in signing him as a free Atlanta, agent? Atlanta. Yeah. Maybe the Raiders. Um, I don't know if I could see Pittsburgh. It seems like they're going to run it back with their group that they currently have, just kind of hearing the comments um, from Omar Khan today about Kenny Pickett. But I think Atlanta is... You know, that's why the Bears should strike sooner rather than later because right. that's, an, that's a destination that if you take that away for Justin Fields, that means probably that Kirk is, you know, if you, if you don't get something done ahead of time, Kirk Cousins could very well end up down there. So do you think Pittsburgh's out on Justin then? I, have or, a, I just have a hard time, like, just kind of what you've heard this week, thinking that they're given up on what they have right now in Kenny Pickett. I mean, because you'd have – you'd be trading for Justin. You'd pick up the fifth-year option, so – you're playing him right away. You're playing him as the starter 
from day one, and I don't know if they're there yet, just from what I gather. Is there a team out there that you think could just pop out of nowhere, like a wild card that could be in the Justin? What about the Patriots? I've, I've right. thought them as like, well. I know that they have the third overall pick. Well, that could be Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. That you can go and give mm-hmm. up a second-round pick for Justin Fields. And that's – remember we were talking about, like, the idea of teams giving up a first-round pick for him? It's not going to happen. Not when you have to pick up the option. No one's doing that because no. that's draft capital and you're spending a ton to pay him right now before you have to do the big deal, which you're only trading for him if you feel like eventually you get to that place where you're paying him $40, $50 million a year. But the Patriots are – I would just keep an eye on it. They're, just seems They're to an be... interesting team to watch because you want to – I don't know if you can accurately predict how Gerard Mayo – and it's Elliot, Elliot, Elliot Wolf, Wolf now, right? Mm-hmm how they are going to actually try to steer this team after decades of Bill Belichick being the one in charge. Like, how do you follow the legend, and what is your path, and how do you go about trying to do it? It's going to be different. We've never seen it. Like, within the last 20-something years, it's been Bill Belichick at the helm there. So how they're—you'll you'll learn a lot about how their department is structured— what their priorities are now that Bill's not there calling the shots on, on who he wants and what their roster constructions go like they haven't made a move like that. When you think about quarterback, yeah, they like Mac Jones fell to them. He was there at fifteen. So they didn't have it's not a hard call at the time. Right. But if like if a fields trade happened, it would be giving up, you know, considerable draft capital, a second round picks no slouch and, and potentially, you know, or a third, and then making you know, the decision to pay him, but then also being able to, like, start off on the right foot by getting the best receiver in the draft at number three. Like, that's that would, I think, really change my opinion of the New England Patriots in this iteration, but also what they could do in the AFC East next. All right, did we cover everything? I think so. Right, I think that this is going to be, tomorrow will be interesting. I don't know what we can. Do you get to sleep in or will you be up early because oh the quarterback's talking? I mean, you got to go stake out your spot at like 6.30 in, oh, yeah. in the morning. Yeah, 6.30 in the morning. It's going to be early. It's going to be early because it's. How do you like, stake out your spot? So like, last year I came for. Bri- out. Yeah, yeah, pretty much you stand there. And last year I came for Bryce Young and it was like 150 people deep. And it's these podiums that have two speakers that are about this big. And. There's people talking at the same time, so there's a lot of crosstalk and like miscommunication. It will be televised, though, right? Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, I don't. I would assume it would be live on NFL Network, but it's it's a circus. And yeah. what Caleb says tomorrow about the interaction with the Bears, darts or putt putt, whatever. Ask him about shows, his interaction with Sylvie. That Has be anyone the first misidentified question. your father? <laughs> That's good. Uh, all right, we show us the way tonight, okay? Yes. We, yeah. Bean soup, navy bean soup. We're st- starting with shrimp cocktail. Okay. Like, I, does any? Can you handle it? You can handle yeah. spice. All right, you can handle spice. Sure, yeah, of course. Like, but like, people it's talk a, about it. Like, it's a it's different shrimp. level. Like we're walking of over spice. hot coals. <laughs> your mouth is going to feel like that. You have to breathe through your mouth, not through your nose. Okay, you are our you are our Saint Elmo's Yoda. I'm coming over I'll, I'll in, in the a way. scuba yes. tank and, and making sure that I have ample ox- <laughs> oxygen in case. Great work. Thanks, guys. Thanks, All right, Courtney. There. Courtney Cronin, uh, coming up next. Uh, how about Tyler Aki, uh, the youngster, pulling a veteran move last night? We'll tell you about that. And Andrew Siciliano from the NFL Network joins us at 4. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. 
This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Live at the Combine, brought to you by our local Chicagoland Toyota dealers. We rolled in at about 10.40, like yeah. 10.30, between 10.30 and 10.45. I was exhausted. And, uh, yeah, we, we both were like, it, it's it's time to, to go to bed and... Had a belly full of steak and shake. It was time for me to lay down yeah. and catch a, a, a nap or two. And, 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 and then... We find out in the morning, like both of us went to bed. We all obviously, all three of us have separate rooms. No indication what? whatsoever. What? I thought Jake. you guys were all sharing a bed. Yeah, Kevbo, we beds. Yeah, that's how you thought it goes down here. I thought so. That's what I was in in my mind. Yeah, like what? We had three single beds in one room. No, one bed, and then Tyler sleeps at the foot of the bed, like Pull a dog. Out couch or something. Yeah. Too. <laughs> It's a king bed, and and Waddle and I are in the king, and yeah, Tyler's at the foot of the bed, spooning if, very intimately. If that was the case, Tyler snuck out while we weren't looking. I mean, and and Tyler doesn't say, "Hey guys, do you want to go out?" No, he knew better than to ask me. I was tired. And and, and next thing you know, that Tyler's telling us this morning that he was out till one a.m. Yeah, I was out. A uh, bunch of my friends from college are here at the combine as well, so. Went out, saw some of them. Some of them I haven't seen since I graduated. Um, so I was just reconnecting with all of them. Yeah, like Courtney stayed out till four. She said, "Yeah, that was ridiculous. That, that, I didn't realize. Geez. I was shocked to, I, I, to, to to stay out till four a.m. I, I don't, Vegas. No, I don't even know if I could stay out till four in Vegas. Yeah, I, I don't think I can do four o'clock. Like e- even, even at my, you even at, at my your age, age, I don't think I could do four o'clock. That's the, listen. The one thing that like has been a consensus of all the people that I've heard talk down here is everyone's tired. Yeah, everyone's yeah, exhausted. Oh, yeah, sure. Well, their work it it is a long day of work. Yeah, and then they, they go this out. Is day four. Yeah. also for them. What, what, who, did you see anybody famous? Any uh, I saw coach? Alan Robinson. Oh, you saw Alan Robinson. Mm-hmm. I, you're the second person who told. Why is Alan Robinson? I don't know. Here? Someone was saying that he came here last year too. But I don't know why Alan Robinson's here. Who else did you see? You saw Foxy, uh, right? John Fox is I here. didn't see Fox. Oh, you didn't? No. A lot of people did. I think did. S- some people said they saw Fox. Um, some people said they saw Getsy, too. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see Getsy. Um, I'm trying to think who else I saw. But no, I, Alan Robinson was the headliner. That's amazing. That Alan Robinson is at the combine. Was it? That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't really. Uh, was it like? Was were the bars crazy? Was it? it go, yeah, it's a pack. Oh it yeah, it, it felt like Music a, a college college bar, like elbow to elbow. Oh, yeah, who no was among, Did you notice anyone of note who was maybe a little overserved? You don't have to give a name. Just did you um, see some Alan like, Robinson? <laughs> no, I, Alan Robinson was not. I, I can I can say that. Yeah, there were definitely people. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, there were definitely people. Really? We'd had a few. Yeah, I won't name names, but so who who gets the lampshade award? I won't can name you, names, but you, but you you can identify who. I think reporter wise, like is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I I can like, see uh, one local, local. Yeah, really. I mostly hung out with some of the local guys, too. Hmm. Local writer. Um, does a little bit of everything. Podcaster. Don't think he has a podcast. So it's a so he. It's a he. Yeah. Okay. Let that one slip out. I'm sure we'll be able to discuss A little bit of everything. That, so not a radio guy, not quite a writer. Does a little bit of everything. Joniak. 
No, it wasn't jo- Joniak was already gone, wasn't he? I don't think Joan. No, Joniak. Oh no, was no, here. Joniak left today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's coming back though. We're, and we're yeah, <laughs> we're gonna talk to him today. We're gonna talk to him today before yeah. Bears Weekly. All right, so uh, then tonight we have a team dinner. You're going to fess up at the break here. All right, right, good. And then we'll share with everybody. Uh, Andrew Siciliano from the NFL Network uh, is going to join us next. It's Waddle and Sylvie live at the Combine, brought to you by Toyota. Let's go places.